on our Wealth Builders July 2021 Implementation Week. And this is a week all about getting stuff done. Yes, we learn some new things. We have refinements. We get responses to like the places where we're stuck because we don't know some information and we move on. But it's predominantly about implementing putting stuff from concept ideas into our lives. There's this, and any implementation means physical action, getting involved in it with our bodies, whether that's typing something, whether it's making a call, whether that's having a conversation. And there is activity, there is involvement of your mind, your body, your being. And so I'm just so thrilled to be here supporting you, supporting you energetically, supporting you emotionally, supporting you with knowledge and support in terms of information going forward, but also supporting with this container of implementation. There's something very powerful when collectively we can work together and you know that other people are getting stuff done and there's that, well, hey, I might as well just roll my sleeves up. Let, let me see, could I just do five minutes? Could I just do 10 minutes? Could I just do one thing? You know, implementation actually becomes addictive. There's this lovely sort of element of just, you know, do one thing and then that takes action and then it moves on. And so sharing what you're doing, making a public commitment is also really key. And then coming back and reflecting, have I, you know, did I do that? You know, what got in my way? What was where my excuse? Or did I try and bite off too much and I could chew? It's so important that we also use some reflective time in our implementation to go, how good am I at, at doing the, this stuff? You know, do I, have I got a bit of muscle that I need to develop? Or, hey, I'm pretty good at following through on those things, but these are the things, hmm, maybe not so much. So I hope you're also giving some space to just chew the cud, reflect, go on, look at this experiment of implementation and go, cool, here's some interesting data. This worked, that didn't work. I'm more effective when I do things in, in clustered together and chunked in themes. Do I need silence? Do I need music? Do I work better with others? And so knowing ourselves, knowing that there's no one perfect way, but being curious going, wow, okay, that's, how do I use that information then to keep being able to do more, get more, experience more from life, be more efficient and effective and all those other juicy things. So well done and just keep going. So we are on day four and each day I share a micro lesson of one of the key elements, the foundational elements of creating a rich, wealthy life. And so today I want to cover the essence of investing. We know that, you know, there's a whole ecosystem that we need to have in place to live and experience our wealthy life. We need to be ma managing our money flow. We need to be squeezing the juice. We need to be getting value from the outflow in all those four quadrants. And one of the key things is we need to make sure that of the money that we bring in, we spend less than we bring in. So there's always some left aside, but more than that. And, and actually, I think, let me rephrase that. We know that we need to allocate a juicy chunk of what we bring in to go into our asset draw, to convert into assets, either by creating those assets, investing in them directly, because we know only assets create our freedom. Assets, together with our mind, but our mind's one of our greatest assets, is 
by having these things that can grow in value and earn income without us being involved in the value exchange. That's what that asset is, the thing that brings wealth into our side. So we have to create this, this discipline, this habit, this automation of money flows into our lives. Some of it is automatically allocated to our asset draw. And then this, then inside that asset draw, we have to learn how to invest. Investing and saving are two very different things. We have to keep some of that money in our life. Some of that money gets saved in our save to spend with the intention of spending that money later on kids' education or other planned expenditure that we know is coming up because, again, we are the masters of our lives, the mistresses of our lives. We look ahead we see what's coming up we also plan for unexpected expenses so that is what happens in the spending and the saving side but investing is completely different investing is this activity of when we convert some of that money into these assets these assets that can grow in value the assets that can then work for us and these are the things that expand our wealth they create our um, net worth our wealth generating net worth and there's some real key elements around this. And the most important thing is I really want to stress and over and over and over, boring is beautiful. We've got to ensure that the base of our investing habit is automated, it's simple, and we just do it over and over and over and over again. So often we can get caught up into thinking, if I overcomplicate, if I add more, if I do a very sophisticated strategy, then I'll you know, grow my assets faster, then I will um, get better returns. But the reality is, if we don't have that solid foundation of boring and beautiful, that we don't have these fundamental elements in our lives sussed and implemented, we Anything else that we try and build on top of that is going to be wasted. These are truly the foundations of your wealth. They're the foundations that keep the wall strong. And so this foundational investing, the key thing is we have to automate it and we must put it on autopilot. Because the one of the most important principles of investing is consistency. Is that we consistently are contributing into a invest in a range a portfolio of investments on this drip feed basis and it's this habit it's this habitual repetition of investing that is what creates our wealth it is so important it's so foundational it's foundational for our emotional side our behavioral aspect that we go okay no matter what is going on in the world no matter what's going on in my life no matter what's going on financially this is just something that i do every week, every month, whatever the routine you put in place, minimum once a month, this is just the habit you do. It's a bit like, do you brush your teeth every day? It just becomes a habit. It doesn't become a question just because you may be having a bad hair day or the market's crashed or looting's going in your country, you still brush your teeth. And so this base consistency of investing has to become such an ingrained habit in your life. Even once you're financially free, as my assets are earning income, some of that gets reinvested, this automatic, autopilot, automated wealth investment plan has to be put in place. And I know many of you resist that. You want to sort of wait, maybe you've got a bit of a lump sum and so you do a lump sum investment, but you don't put in place this automatic regular investing. And this is absolutely foundational. And 
so behavior, as I say, it completely transforms our relationship with money and investing and knowing that that's just who we are. I am an investor. I have this on. It's just done. That identity piece is huge. But also from an investment strategy side, it triggers this thing called cost averaging, where we don't try and time the market. We don't try and see when is the up and the down. We don't try and guess, you know, is the market overheated? Is there going to be a crash or not? We don't worry about any of that because we have a system and we follow the strategy of consistent, regular investing in a predefined set of investments. So consistency, committing that you're going to put in place a regular investment habit where there's a lump sum of money that you commit to be putting away every month, irrespective of what's going on, and then that gets invested and allocated to a portfolio of investments. Now, the easiest way to do this is via your digital investment platform, an online broker, where you can set up a standing order, a direct deposit, just this regular contribution that goes into that account. So it goes into your brokerage account. And then to also set up automatic investments, so automatic trades, automatic buys of your chosen investments. So this is the automation, the first start of the first step is committing to a fixed amount of money, that money automatically goes into a brokerage account. So you need to have a brokerage account, an online broker. Inside of that, you also need to determine what are the different accounts you can have based on the country you live in. There's usually tax deferred, some kind of retirement account, pension, superannuation, retirement annuity, 401k. This is where you can put money in and you get a tax benefit back in terms of deferred tax. So you get a tax rebate. So, and anything that is invested inside that account is free of income tax and capital gains tax. So it can grow faster. The second kind of account that many of you have got access to, but not everybody is a tax free account. Post income tax money goes in, but everything that is invested with inside that wrapper, that account type, again, grows free of tax. So there's no tax on any income produced by those assets and no tax on its capital growth when you sell those assets. Very juicy. So these are things like individual savings account, ISAs in the UK. You also have a LISA or Innovative Finance ISA, um, different types, but essentially these individual savings accounts. In Canada, it's called a tax-free savings account. In the US, it's your Roth. In South Africa and Japan, also a tax-free savings account. In Europe, Australia, New Zealand, unfortunately, you don't have the equivalent of that, but you do have your tax deferred. And then there is your discretionary account where there's no tax benefits, but there's also no limitations and restrictions of how much can go in, what you can invest in. So those are the, you need to determine which are those various accounts you're going to invest in. And then simply, simply put, you select a very simple portfolio of index trackers that you're going to invest in. Index trackers are these collective investments, these bundled funds, where with one fund, one investment in a single fund, you get to own shares in a, that track a specific index. So an S&P 500 tracker, you, by buying one investment in an S&P 500 tracker, you'll own the 500 companies that are the top 500 companies in the US that's listed on the Standard & Poor 500 index. So an index is often a geographic market. It could be the FTSE index. So the FTSE is just the London Stock Exchange. 
It could be the DAC index. It can be the Eurostock index. So Eurostock 50 is a classic index where it says, what are the biggest 50 companies that are listed that are bought and sold on exchanges in Europe. And so if you buy one investment in an index tracker in the Eurostock 50, you will own those 50 companies. And you don't have to guess which they are. When a company underperforms, it drops out of that list. When a new company comes up and rises, it goes into the list. So you by index tracking investing, you are automatically getting a bundle of companies, the cream of the crop, so to speak, when something is underperforming, it automatically drops out, you're not having to guess. But also index trackers are low cost, not meaning the price of the share you pay. And a lot of people misunderstand what cost means. It means that it doesn't have a whole lot of cost burden from active management of fund managers, having to have salaries and churning and paying that. So more of your money works for you than almost any other investment type, because most of that investing is can just be done by a computer. So you've now opened, you've selected your regular amount, you've set up that minimum monthly hit rate, you've opened your online broker where that money goes into, you've seen what are your different account types that you can have that's available to you in your country. Now you select and you know that you're going to be investing in index trackers. Now, depending on what country you're in, they come in two forms. They come in the form of a unit trust or mutual fund. Unit trust, mutual fund are the same thing. It's just different languaging. But this is a collective investment scheme. So it's a fund where you buy a unit. You get a slice of that fund by investing in that. So you own a unit of that fund. And that is actually sold directly by the fund house. So there are these fund houses, these companies that produce these funds, these index tracking funds. In the index tracking world, Vanguard was the founder of index tracking funds. That was John Bogle's company um, and is still one of the biggest index tracker providers. iShares from BlackRock. BlackRock is a big fund house. HSBC, Invesco, um, SPDR. Um, there are numerous big, big fund houses that produce these index trackers. And then you can buy a slice of it if it's in the unit trust, mutual trust form from the online, from via your online broker from the fund house. Now, you don't do anything differently on your brokerage platform, but your broker who actually is, and it's digital, it's online, they do the exchange. You say, hey, I want to buy $100 or $300 of an S&P 500. They go, great, which tracker would you like? The, 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 the computer doesn't actually say great to you. You just select it from your tracker. You'll select that one. You'll go, oh, I want to buy that. And on many platforms, especially for those of you in the UK and US, you'll have a big selection of unit trust or mutual funds to select from. And if you are investing smaller regular amounts, it's generally going to be more cost effective for you to invest in the Unitrust Mutual Fund version of the index tracker, again, from your online broker. And usually the, it's easier to set up a regular investment in those than it is in the other forms. So you need to decide, are you going the Unitrust Mutual Fund side or the second type of index tracker? It's the same product, it's just sold in a different way. It's when the same units of those funds are sliced up and they are bought and sold on the stock market, just like shares, just like individual stock shares in, in companies. And these are called 
exchange traded funds. Exchange, because it's a stock market exchange, they trade it on the exchange and they are index tracker funds. So you can also get an S&P 500 index tracker in the form of an exchange traded fund or in a mutual fund unit trust form. So you'll just determine those two based on which is going to be the most cost effective for you to buy. And what I mean by that is, is there a trade cost? For Europe, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, um, also Southeast Asia, almost everywhere else besides the UK and Europe, um, UK and the US and Canada to an extent, you've also got a few mutual funds to select from. Um, you're going to be investing predominantly in ETFs, exchange traded funds. In the UK, you can do that as well, but you, and the US, but you, do, you must look at the buying and selling cost because when something is bought and sold on the exchange rather from, than from the fund house, the exchange has a trade fee. That is when that transaction happens. Also, some taxes, some stamp duties which are wrapped up in your brokerage fee, the, the, the trade fee. Now, there are some platforms like Desiro in Europe, which has a whole list of free trade free index trackers for you to choose from. So you always want to go, you know, what is going to be the, the cheapest way for me to buy? Because one of the things we can control besides our consistent regular investing, the contributions, the amount we put into our side are our costs. These are the three C's, regular contributions, well, consistency of contribution, the amount of contribution we put in, and then our costs. So we need to keep those costs down. So once you've selected those index trackers, so now you know which type you're going to go, now you select the ones you're going to go in. And a base, beautiful foundational portfolio that can actually serve as your entire wealth feast can be made up of literally five index trackers. The first tracker you want to select is your home market. And it's important that you're investing in your home market because it brings the currency you live in, the currency you consume in. So you can find an index tracker that tracks your home market. If you're in Europe, your home market would just be the euro, so euro stock 50. If you're in the UK, that would be the FTSE All Share or the FTSE 250 or FTSE 100, any of those, but essentially you're tracking the FTSE. If you're in the US, that would be the S&P 500, or you could go wider and the Russell 2000, which is 2000 shares in 2,000 companies, but the S&P 500 is more than good enough. I mean, you own 500 companies from a single investment. In um, Canada, go North America, so you might as well go S&P 500 because your economy is so strongly linked to the US. Um, for Middle East and developed world Far East, so Hong Kong, Singapore, rather go a world developed index. Um, then your, your home markets because you've got smaller markets the same for the Australian for the Australian um, and New Zealand you could go the ASX and do that to so ASX is the Australian Stock Exchange for South Africa it would be the JSE so JSE top 40. Now I'll come back to just some refinements around that but home market is your first core tracker that you'd be investing in. The second is developed world now the developed world is the, yeah, what it says on the box. These are developed markets. This has been around for a long time. And this is a huge swathe of what is available. The developed market is made up almost 70%, good between 65 and 70% of what's considered the developed world economy are companies that are listed and bought and sold on the US markets. And so 
for many people, just buying the US market through something like the S&P 500 will give them brilliant exposure to the developed world. But you can also just get an index tracker, which is the developed world index. Often they often you'll see something, you'll just see MSCI world, which will be developed world, which will still be predominantly weighted in the US, but it will include UK, Europe, um, Far East, Japan, Hong Kong, and Australasia. So the developed components of that. So you can choose an index tracker for that. Now, if your home market is already in the developed world, you want to just look at the percentages, the amount of your contribution that goes into each. So you've got to be careful of overlap. So if you're in the US and you've got an S&P 500, you could choose an index tracker like a Vanguard developed world excluding the US. But be careful, you then have, you, you'll need to have more in your home market in US because it is a bigger market and then you could ha have a smaller amount for developed world. Or if your developed world is, say, Europe, or UK or Australia, and you've got the ASX or the FTSE or the Eurostock or even the Hang Sen if you're in Hong Kong, you know that the, there's a bigger portion of the developed world that you don't yet have covered. So you could then choose a, either an S&P 500 directly or a developed world excluding your country or just a developed world index and make sure you put more high percentage of your regular contribution into that so that you are proportionately balanced around getting exposure to the developed world. If you're an emerging market, well, let's come back to the third tracker you want. You want to have emerging markets. So these are the economies that are still rising. They are growing fast. Emerging markets often are perceived to give a higher return, but they are more volatile. So they go up and down like this. But essentially you're saying you want to invest in the past and the future and the present where you're at. And so by emerging markets, you're essentially investing in the future. And so the biggest chunk of emerging market is made up of China. China, the biggest emerging economy, it's still considered emerging, although it's getting more and more and more developed as you, because you're almost swinging from the eagles to the dragons. Um, and so you want to have an emerging market index tracker and know that that will be predominantly weighted in China, but it will also give you exposure to the rest of Southeast Asia, um, India, Africa, South America a broad index, um, emerging market index tracker. So if your home market is an emerging market like South Africa, like India, most of the African continent, um, you need to be aware that you also be aware of duplication. So from your home market tracker, if you've got say a JSE top 40, you don't want to get too much duplication, but you're not, you also don't want to be overweight too much in emerging markets. So you might reduce the amount that you have in your home market, say less than if you're in a developed world, because it's a very small market and have more in, in the emerging market fund. And uh, so you get more of the, the bigger emerging markets. So those form three, the core three equity Funds. So literally with just three funds, you own the world, you own the past, present, the future, you own geographically all over the world. Isn't it amazing? Then the fourth that you can add is to add another asset class. And that asset class is real estate, physical property. And you can invest in an index tracker that tracks a collective, a bundle of real estate investment trusts, REITs. REITs are funds that own physical property. They own 
hospital centers, their own multifamily residential, their own industrial parks, all sorts of different properties owned by real estate investment trusts. Again, the biggest real estate investment trusts are in the, U uh, in the, in the US, Prologis, Welltower. There are also some big ones in Europe and the big ones in Hong Kong. Now, you can get a single index tracker that owns shares in a multitude an index of real estate investment trusts. So with a single global property index tracker, you can own shares in Prologis, Welltower, British Land, um, Kung Ha Chung in Hong Kong, a whole group of real estate investment trusts. And by owning the real estate investment trust, you actually own a slice of all of those different kinds of real estate around the world. And you benefit from the yield, the rental that comes out, gets paid out to the real estate investment trust owners. So hence you through your index tracker and if the value of the property portfolio goes. So now with just four index, four index trackers, you've already invested across different asset classes, different ge geographic zones, different industries. And now the fifth one that you could introduce and you don't need to, you could literally just start with those. But the next one is you could have a smaller round of physical gold. Physical gold is about stabilizing your portfolio. It's about stability. It Gold tends to move in the opposite direction to the markets. When things get a bit wild and woolly, money tends to flow to gold. It doesn't produce any income and it doesn't really increase in value, but it's a stabilizer. So you could have a small amount of gold, which you could just buy as a one-off index tracker. You can't get gold in a mutual fund unit trust form. You can only get it in an exchange traded fund and you buy it in what's called physical gold. But literally your base portfolio is are those four trackers covering equity around the world and bringing in real estate. And then once you've selected those, you set up that automatic investing, you want to, as far as possible, select accumulation funds. What that means is the income generated by those funds is automatically reinvested by that fund, not by your broker, but by your fund. And so you get more units, the values of your units increases. So you don't even have to do any of the reinvesting because we also know one of the key rules of investing is you reinvest your investment returns. You don't eat off your assets too soon. And now once that's all in place, you set it and you forget it. You remember, boring is beautiful. Don't fiddle. Don't You don't need to change anything. You go off. The only thing you consider is, can I contribute more? If you get a tax rebate, if you get a cash gift, if some you know free money comes to you, you top up. You can always go and buy top up of individual lumps at times, or you can increase your contribution as you're blitzing your debt, as you're bringing more income in, as you're becoming a better wealth creator, you're squeezing the juice, you're getting your flows more, then you can increase your regular contributions. And then once a year, you look at it, you go, ah, how's it doing? Do I, can I increase my contribution? How's my net worth growing? But you don't choose new trackers. Only if something, you know, big has changed, that portfolio is the thing that is going to support you. Your job is to stay on course. Your job is to master this mind. Once you've got this base in place and you've got this habit of just regular consistent investing going, you do your quarterly update of your balance sheet. Now you free yourself up and go, ah, now let me see, could I add some additional individual shares on top of that? Are there some other direct investing, more active investing that I want to do? Do I want to do some direct real estate development, either for a cash flow flip or for growth? But you do not even consider any of those things until you've got this base foundation in place. 
So there you go. Get your automatic investment plan in place. Understand that this, this, it sounds so simple and it is so boring, is absolutely beautiful because this is what frees us up to truly live our great, extraordinary life. So get implementing, get that in your life, get shit done and keep committing to living your fullest, truest, wealthiest version of your life that is fully designed to you. Your freaky, fabulous, crazy, weird self has your own unique wealth recipe. Honor that, know it, and commit to live that fully. See you soon.